0: We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10 a.m. Enjoy the message. So, my name's Chris, and uh, I have to lead the leadership team here. And uh, like I, I mentioned, we're going through this series. And um, this series, though, it is broken up. It kind of like starts and stops and starts and stops. And uh, a couple of reasons for that. One is that we've got um, one of the other leaders from Woking who leads one of the commission churches there called Welcome Church. His name is Steve Petch. He's going to come and preach here on the 12th of May. So you can put that in your diaries. That's going to be a great morning um, where we get another guest speaker. It was so good to have Guy Miller last week. We've got Steve Petch coming in May. And uh, so we'll take a break from the series for that. Next week, we've got Easter and, uh, no, not next week, in, like, three weeks' time or something. Uh, you know when it is. Two weeks' time, we've got Easter. We, we do really know. And uh, we'll be ready on that Sunday morning to celebrate Easter. And so, we'll, again, we'll be coming out of the series to do, a, like, a one-off special Easter celebration. You know, we've even got treats for every single person who comes that week. So that's going to be fun. We'll have kids' groups, for, and they'll have a great time as well. So we'll have a break for that from the series. And then also, actually, today is also a short break from it. And uh, the reason for that is that over the last month or so, I've really felt that God has been speaking to me through Psalm number one, chapter Psalm one. And uh, you would have heard me quoting it uh, several times as I just felt God speaking it to me. And so I've just spent time, I really felt that God was drawing me to come and and just kind of, I suppose, lay down our Beatitude series fr- fr- kind of from Psalm one and Yeah, I think the reason for that is several things. One is that as you go through the Beatitudes, in fact, as you go through the whole Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, really what's underpinning all of this is our relationship with God and our hearts. And um, as I've been sort of studying the Psalms and I really felt God drawing to me. And so then last week when Guy Miller was preaching on Beatitude number one, and then started talking about Psalm one, I was like, no, you're taking my talk material. But it's all right because he he sort of he touched on some things, but not not on everything that I felt God's speaking me through. And so it's a bit of a one-off this week, and uh, so I hope you don't mind. But we're gonna we're gonna look at the psalm, and also this week, as well as being able to take away one of these, I've also as part of this morning's talk, I'm gonna give you something practical to take away as well. And so at the end of the at the end of the morning, you better take uh, an A4 piece of paper which is something. It's like a bit of homework that I want you to take away, um, and. Uh, I'll, I'll reveal more about that in a few minutes' time. And so before I get into it, I want to ask you this question, and that is this. How is your relationship with God? How's your relationship with God? Because you, you might be at uni, and you've got assignments to write, and essays to hand in, and friendships to maintain, and parents to keep happy, uh, or to keep off your back. You've got work to find. But the question is, how is your relationship with God? You you might be a bit older, kids to look after, bills to pay, a house to keep tidy, relationships to grow, kids clubs to get all the children to, but how are you enjoying your relationship with God? You might have work to get on with, promotions to get, colleagues to kind of get along with and to keep at peace with, you've got money to make, errors to fix, people to lead, but where does your sense of identity and security come from? You might have grandkids to look after, grown-up kids to support, shopping to buy, retirement plans to think about, clubs to be involved in and join, your health to look after. But I wonder, are you refreshed in God? Do you know that you're his child? Do you know that you've been knitted? he knitted you in your mother's womb, as we heard from Psalm 139? You've also got things like sin to cast off, temptation to handle, an example to set, others to lead, a Bible reading to keep up with, exercise to maintain, healthy eating to manage, a reputation to look after, a legacy to leave, expectations to manage, and rotus to serve on. But my question again is, how is your relationship with God? Are you delighting in him? I think this has been really good for me because God has been challenging me through this psalm. And it says this, Blessed is the one who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. It's just amazing words. And uh, you know what? Whatever that, per- I want to be like that person, like that tree planted by streams of water, who yields its fruit in season, leaves don't wither. And uh, so, what I want us to do is, I want to go through the psalm. We're going to just. Just literally, just go through it like a like a Bible study, and I'm going to give you some practical stuff to help us uh, think about our relationship with God. Right at the beginning, I don't know if you spotted it, but there's these kind of three sets of three. It says, "Blessed is the man who does not walk, stand, or sit, um, nor gains counsel like advice, and then follow it, and then dwell in the company of wicked." sinners and scoffers. It's like these three sets of three and it kind of like progressively gets worse and worse. As we read this list through, we can kind of see that the examples goes from getting advice, having counsel from the people that are wicked to then following it and going in the direction, in the way of that and then finally sitting down and just indulging in in all those sinful, wicked practices and even scoffing, you know, laughing, just applauding in your own kind of glorious mess. I wonder sometimes if that's kind of what happened to Adam and Eve, that they were walking around with with God in the Garden of Eden and they're kind of walking and and then they start to hear counsel, advice from the devil, from the serpent, who, who says, oh, look at this. Why don't you eat from this tree? Why don't you eat from this fruit? And, and as they do, they kind of stand and, and look and allow their, their thoughts to linger and to mull through. And and um, they, they receive that. And then they start to maybe walk in that way towards the tree uh, before finally sitting down and eat What does God even know, eating of the fruit? What, what's, what's he talking about? We're not really going to die. I wonder if, they, if that's how it, how it worked out. I don't know. But they, they go from walking... We can do that, can't we? We can go from walking along our life to spotting something, looking at maybe letting our thoughts linger on something for too long or, or our eyes linger on something too long. And we might hear, we hear all sorts of advice, don't we? Counsel from the world that tells us uh, what we should do and how we should be and all this kind of thing. And we can end up not walking anymore, but standing and looking and indulging before finally sitting and revelling in all that we have and scoffing in all that he's called us uh, not to do, but what we want to do anyway. I wonder, what sin do you enjoy the most? Do you enjoy just indulging in? Have you been sitting at a seat and just going, oh, what does God know anyway? Does that really matter? The, the This passage says that, Blessed is not the not the person who, who does all these things. Instead, it's the man who delights. He delights, takes delight in the law of the Lord. Delight is a bit of a funny word, really. Um, delight. What does it mean to delight? I, I think it's this thing of going from walking, standing, sitting, which are bodily activities, um, The the antidote to that is delighting in God and it's this like heart change and uh, the heart is moved in such a way that a physical activities that are going on that might be destructive, change. The antidote to walking, sitting and standing in sin and wickedness is not to do something else but it's allow God to change our heart and he says it's delighting. It's delighting and enjoying all that God uh, has called you to. In fact, specifically it says delighting in the law of the Lord. And um, I wonder actually if that makes sense of the tree. Because fundamentally, or primarily, a tree receives all its nourishment, all its goodness, not from outside, not from external things, but from deep down under the ground, through the roots. uh, And it soaks up everything that it needs to kind of be green on the outside. It soaks up from deep down. uh, And that's what it needs to be able to prosper and to bear fruit. Having deep roots in a location that's right by a stream is a perfect place to be to ensure stability, even when the external pressures of life comes. And the delight, it's not just to delight in anything, but it says, it goes on, the delight is in the law of the Lord. And that word, law, sometimes it's a funny phrase because we can think, oh, well, should we really be delighting in rules and commands? Like, is that really what God is calling us to do? I thought the Bible talks about grace and, and there's freedom from all of that. Well, that word law in, in the Hebrew actually is, is Torah. And Torah uh, really is instruction. It's, it's someone who delights in all the instruction of the Lord. And so it, that might come from guidance. It might come through through the Bible. It might come from all sorts of different things. And often we can, sometimes we can narrow it down to just law and rules. But Jesus often in the New Testament, um, like in John, for example, would say, Oh, don't, don't forget the laws and then quote the Psalms. And really that word law is like, don't even forget the instruction of God. And then and he quotes Psalms. And, uh, and so every, it's like every instruction that comes out of God's mouth, um, we are encouraged to delight in. And as we delight in, in all that comes from God, all that's good, then what happens is that our hearts are changed. And so then we're encouraged to meditate On that day and night meditation is like delight driven thinking or it's like just pondering in God's instruction for kind of spiritual pleasure and this kind of delighting this kind of enjoying of God just allowing him to speak to us what that results in and that that in that then results into action and so therefore whatever they do prospers and so it's not that we, we do bad things. So now don't do bad things, do good things. No, no, we, we sometimes we, we just do bad things. And so the, the Psalms encourage us now just allow your heart to be changed. Come before God, delight in him, listen to him, allow him to speak to you. And out of that, out of delighting in that, then God will lead you in, in new paths. And... Um, it leads to fruit in season. I think this is really helpful, because sometimes um, we can get really frustrated when we're kind of trying to draw close to God, but we don't seem to be bearing much fruit. We're trying to like, do things kind of God's way, but it doesn't seem to be working out. We might tell people about Jesus and they kind of laugh at us and scoff at us and we think, oh, well, what's the point in that? I might as well just give up. Or we try reading the Bible and it's just, it's just dry and boring and hard and, oh, well, I might as well give up. But the, the the tree doesn't give up in winter. You know, I mean, that would be fruitless, wouldn't it? It would just be futile. Imagine a tree in winter thinking, well, I'm not gonna bother drinking from this stream, I'm not going to bother soaking up the nutrients, what's the point? I've got no fruit. He doesn't give up, does he? No, no, he keeps going because he knows summer's coming. He knows spring's coming. And uh, he doesn't know when it's coming. I mean, trees don't really think, do they? So don't, you know. uh, Some of you are like, oh, Chris, trees don't think. The point is this, they don't know when it's coming but nonetheless they soak up all the time, soaking, 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 meditating, day and night, day and night, day and night. So that when the season, right season comes, hey, they're ready. And um, I think we, we can take great encouragement in that, that sometimes we can follow Jesus. And when things aren't working out, it's easy for us to then give up because we feel like, oh, well, I'm not bearing fruit. It's not working out. It's not going well. Well, do you know what? Sometimes it, it doesn't always. We, we need to be ready in season and out season, ready to share, ready to, to trust God, ready to follow him in everything we do. But do you know what? It doesn't always go well. Life is tough. But do you know what? God is faithful. And so we continue to trust him. We draw on him continually. And then when the season comes, hey, this this person that's drinking continuously, meditating day and night, hey, he bears fruit. And that's really helpful because it shows that even in times of drought, in times of external pressure, in times of difficult circumstance, hey, do you know what? The leaves don't wither. And that's exactly what happens if a tree in the winter stops drawing. If their roots get cut off, then they just wither up and die. And so... In the difficult circumstances, leaves don't wither when, when we are trees that are planted by, living, uh, by streams of water and we are just continuously soaking up and loving Jesus. And what, what, what it's summed up in 2 Corinthians 8, we were looking at this a few weeks back, uh, where it says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity it's like this this equation that doesn't work out that extreme trial and poverty uh, can added to joy can equal rich generosity that's like an equation that doesn't make sense to us but when you're a tree planted by living water when you're soaking in or everything you can from god um, throughout all the different seasons do you know what this is the kind of thing that happens you do stuff and wow it's just amazing fruit starts coming and so the encouragement to us all is to is to be people that are soaking in God's word, are learning to listen to all of his instruction, however that comes, are learning to enjoy him. And um, it finishes that all that they do, whatever they do, prospers. And you know what? And so that there is action. Action does come out of a changed heart. But you know, this time, instead of, walking, standing and sitting in the council of the wicked and uh, in the way of sinners and in the seat of scoffers. Instead, the Bible talks us, uh, encourages us to walk, stand and sit in Jesus, walk in step with Jesus. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly beloved children, And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It goes on, for you are once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of your time because the days are evil. When you've got lots of time, it's easy to walk and stand and look and linger and fall into sin. But we need to be people that are careful, that make the best use of, of time. Therefore, verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and walk in his ways. That's, that's, that's how we're encouraged to walk. People that have put their trust in Jesus are encouraged to walk in that way. Do you know They're also encouraged to stand. Firm in Jesus. And uh, again in Ephesians, Ephesians 6, it says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Sorry. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. There you go. Stand firm then. And it goes on, the belt of truth and um, breastplate of righteousness and so on and so forth. And so there is... When people that delight in God and allow him to uh, change our hearts are people that then walk in step with Jesus. They're people that stand firm in Jesus. You know, they're also people that are seated with Jesus. Again, in Ephesians chapter 2. You should really just read the whole book. It's only six chapters. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our sins. It is by grace, though, that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved, through faith. This is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Blessed is the man who does not walk in uh, the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seats of scoffers. No, his delight is on the law of the Lord. And he meditates on it day and night. And he's like a tree who's planted by streams of water. And he, he, that person yields its fruit in season. You know, and his leaves don't wither. Everything he does prospers because he is in Jesus, standing Um, in step with him, standing firm in him, seated with him because they put their trust in Jesus. And you might not know him this morning. Do you know what you can? And when you do, you can know great joy, great peace. You can know fruitfulness. You can know purpose in your life. You can know identity and dignity. You can know all these things. And so I want to ask again, how is your relationship with God? How's your relationship with him? Are you a flourishing tree? Guy Miller last week talks about having deep roots and far-reaching shoots that produce great fruit. And uh, this morning I'm just asking you, how is your relationship with God? You know, it's possible to um, to be listening to a talk like this and to suddenly come up with a list. Some of you might have already done it. Well, you come up with a list. Right, yeah, you, yeah, you're right, Christian. I need to pray more. I need to read my Bible more. I need to do this, do that. And I bet some of you are doing that, aren't you? You think, yeah, yeah, no, he's right, yeah. I do, you know, the Bible's right. I need to, these are the things that I need to do. And you start writing a list of all the do's. And I want to encourage you to go back to step one is not to do, it's to delight. It's to delight. Allow your heart to be changed. The rest will come. Allow God to speak to you. Allow yourself to to fall in love with him again. And it is possible to think that, to to be to feel condemned because you feel like, oh, well, I need to be like Chris and wake up every morning at 4am and pray for three hours. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, I don't do that. I, I don't. But, you know, sometimes you might think that I do, or you might think that to be a really good Christian, you need to pray for like hours a day and... You know, um, I I used to beat myself up um, about how I built a relationship with God because I used to think that the only way to do it, it was to be by myself, by my bed, on my knees, like this, praying. And that was the way to build a relationship with God. And you know what? To be honest with you, for me, it felt like solitary confinement. Really difficult. But you know what? God has designed us in lots of unique and different ways. And I believe that he would want to, therefore, build relationship with us in unique and different ways. And um, rather than feeling guilty then about perhaps not growing in my relationship with God in that way, I was amazingly relieved when I read a book and I sat down with a a pastor in in, uh, one of the other churches that I belong to who... Showed me actually, you know, there's different ways to build a relationship with God. I want to share that with you, and that's what I'm going to give you to take away. And so, don't get me wrong, prayer is how we speak to God, and so prayer is important. But, and if I never spoke to Catherine, my wife, then our relationship would be hindered. But we can, we fight, we do stuff together that helps us to develop our relationship. And so, sometimes we might go running together and we develop our relationship, and sometimes we might have a nice meal, or sometimes we might go dancing. We never go dancing. She wants us to go dancing. We don't go dancing. <laughs> but we might do different things to help us to build a relationship. And do you know what? We can do different things with God that helps us to build a relationship with him. And so um, what i want to do is I'm going to give you some different ways in which you can build a relationship with God that can inspire your, uh, I guess, moving with him in in. More fruitful ways. And so I'm gonna run through these things. And like I said, I've got a sheet, I've got a sheet for everyone to take away at the end of the day that has all of these seven listed. So you don't you can just listen, you don't have to make notes. And these this goes into in much more detail. So listen out. Now. now it's possible that you might be one or two, but try to yeah, try to pick the one or one or two that you might be. So these are different ways in which we can build a relationship with God. The first one is the relational pathway. Some people find it almost impossible to spend time with God on their own. They get frustrated. Reading the Bible feels like homework. It feels dry and empty and like prison. Serving on their own can feel like punishment. However, if you put them in a room with others, praying then somehow comes alive. They will experience God's presence and share it with others. Large teams and large worship meetings are like heaven to them. Going to life group is great for them. You know, the relational pathway, if that's you, I want to encourage you to get along to worship nights. Go to life groups. Come Sunday mornings. Make that a priority because there are ways in which that you can grow in your relationship with God as you're, as you're gathering other, other people. There's an intellectual pathway For these people, the way they get excited about God is when they discover something new about him. These people need facts. Don't tell them about your experience. They want chapter and verse. Testimonies are fine, but the real stuff comes from books. There's no room for wishy-washy emotion with them. That doesn't mean that they lack passion, but these people will choose seminars and books that challenge their thinking. And when someone makes them think in a talk, they get excited. Science and archaeological finds that back up the Bible also get them buzzing. And so if that's you, start reading some books. I'm like this. this I'm this all over. I know Stuart is as well and there's, there's others in this room and Phil is, you know. Get books and start reading them and allow God to build his relationship with you, and use that as a source of prayer and stimulation to grow with God. What about the con- contemplative pathway? These people can be drained by relationships and activities but can spend loads of time by themselves. Being alone with God is enough. They can spend hours thinking about God's goodness. They can spend time by themselves praying and reading, and this brings them closer to God. These people are often spiritually sensitive and can wonder how other Christians miss the suffering around them. Their relationship with God is deep and personal and not always expressed outwardly. They are a wonderful asset to the church. The contemplative pathway, if that's, if that's you, I want to encourage you to set time aside in your day to be contemplative, to dwell on God's goodness, to spend time with him and don't allow yourself to get too busy with everything else, you know, try to make, make time. I used to have a friend who was like this and uh, he, had a, he had five kids and so he had, they had a massive wardrobe and he would sit in the bottom of his wardrobe and just hide away and just spend some time with God because um, life was, was hectic. What about the serving pathway? These people pray and read the Bible like everyone else, but they are closest to God when they are doing something for him. They are doers rather than thinkers. They have a deep desire to serve others and bless them. They will turn their hand to any area of serving as long as they can see that it is part of God's kingdom. Their route to a relationship with God is spending time serving others. If that's you, I want to encourage you. It's it's okay to serve, to serve others, to be on whatever serving teams you can be on and um, to serve others because that might be a way that can stimulate your, your love of God and your prayer life and it can stimulate the way in which you grow in your relationship with God. There's the activist pathway. The best way to develop their relationship with God is by living life with him on the edge. They like the fast lane. They take on far more than they can possibly achieve but they get it done anyway. The, they end the day collapsed in a heap having given all that they can to God. Others worry about them and think they're doing way too much and they say, oh, I need to slow down and stop doing so much. But they love it. So you take something away from them and they feel like you're robbing them of an opportunity. Their relationship with God flourishes when they know they can't do it without him and they see God come through time and time and time again. Activist, this is Catherine all over, and this is us really as, as a family. We love just taking on way much more than what we can possibly do in our own strength, but we see God come through again and again and again, and, and it's just great. And people always say to oh, slow down, slow you know, you're doing too much. You've got kids to look after, you've got jobs to do, you've got all this and say, like, hey, but it's great living life with God, and uh, it's, it's, we love seeing him come through and building a relationship with him. You've got the uh, tree hugger one. This is the creation pathway. These people, their awareness of God is most intense when they are in a natural environment. Being outside mountains, lakes, parks is where they see God most. They see his character in natural things. Walking through the countryside inspires prayer. Bible reading is fine, but to do it in the garden on a summer's day, well, that's just the best. Something about Adam and Eve being in the garden is probably at the root of all this. And they were made to be outside with their God. And when they've got a problem to pray through, it's always best for them to go on a walk. If this is you, I want to encourage you to make sure you're spending time outside. Allow, allow creation, allow God's goodness to, again, to stimulate your relationship with God and fall in love with him again as you just go for walks or hug trees or whatever it is you like to do. Um, the worship pathway is number seven. These people find God closest in times of worship. Their relationship is at its height, highest, sorry, when they are singing or playing. They need time to praise and worship God with others or alone. Otherwise they will just dry up. They love the Bible because it's a source and inspiration of worship. (laughs) They love prayer, especially when it's set to music. Deep theology, if it's set to a song, is great. While some believers love worship as part of the meeting, but look forward to the preach. For these people, the main event is over when the singing stops. And so if that's you, you know, if you're the worship pathway, I want to encourage you to listen to worship music. Have it, you know, have it in your headphones. Do, you, you might be a combination of the two. And so you might be someone who who loves to uh, worship but also to hug trees, so go out into the woods and listen to music you know and spend time with God and allow him to 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 grow in your relationship with him and think about which one are you like I said we 're probably all a little bit of all of them, but there 'll be one or two that we major on and so I want to encourage you to grab, grab one of these sheets. It goes into more detail for each one on your way out and spend time majoring on your relationship with God in whichever way it might be for you. Let's uh, get the band back up. I asked this, uh, this question, how is your relationship with God and, um, at the beginning? And I just want you to bring that back to mind because uh, it might be this morning that you just feel far from him, uh, far from a deep sense of joy, satisfaction, or prospering in God. And my encouragement to you is, is to get to know him, spend time with him, allow him to move your heart, to delight in him, to set your diary in ways in which you can do that. It might be also, though, that this morning that you just don't know God. Maybe you've you'd never met with him. Maybe you've, you knew him once, but you just, you're far off. I want to encourage you to get to know him in whichever way you feel most comfortable. Maybe you found that when you're out in nature, yeah, you think, oh, that's, that's amazing. Well, why don't you allow God to speak to you through that? Maybe... You, you read about scientific or amazing feats and you think, oh, what are the chances of that? May allow God to speak to you through that. Maybe you just love listening to music. It does something in you. Well, why not again, allow God to speak to you through that? It is profound that in every single culture, in every single like, place in the whole of the world, there is music. I mean, that's remarkable. It's not like some cultures have it and some don't. Every single culture in every generation in every year has had some form of music. I think that's incredible. It's because I'm an intellectual. I think, oh, isn't that amazing. But music is key. I think God has put music in human beings. Allow him to speak to you through that. I mean, ask him. Even today, you can ask him, God, if you are real, reveal yourself to me. Let's, let's stand together. I'm just going to pray and we're going we're gonna to worship. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are a creative God. Thank you, Lord God, that you've made each and every one of us. Lord, we heard again from that Psalm 139, Lord God, you know every hair on our heads you know everything about us that you knitted us in our mother's womb Lord God you created us as individuals unique with different sets of passions and gifts and uh, Lord God uh, we just delight in the way Lord God that you you speak to our hearts and you change and you transform and Lord God for each of us we do that in different ways and I pray Lord God this morning as we've maybe we've come this morning and we just feel guilty because we, do, we don't relate to you in ways in which we've traditionally heard are the only ways to do it. Lord, I I pray this morning you bring release all across this room that we would find ways to grow in our relationship with you in the ways, Lord God, that you have created us to do that. I pray, Lord God, would you help us to be excited about, about you in all sorts of different forms. And so, Lord God, I just ask this morning as your Holy Spirit sweeps through this place, Heavenly Father, would you empower us Impact us, Lord God, I pray would you speak to us. Lord, we, we love you. We don't want to be people that that don't prosper. We don't want to be people that stumble and foul. We don't want to sit and scoff and 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 just end up in, in the dredges of life. No Lord, we want to be flowering, prosperous trees, planted by streams. Lord God, I pray, Father, for those of us who are going through difficult seasons, Lord God, where we don't feel like we're bearing any fruit. Help us, Lord God, to stand firm in you. Help us, Father, to drink from you, to enjoy you, to delight in you. Lord God, I pray, would you help us to, yeah, to continue, Lord God, to press into you, into all that you have for us. Knowing, Lord God, that... The seasons are up to, your, up to you. The, the results are yours. Whatever fruit may come, that's a blessing from you anyway. It was never anything that we did. The all we're called to, you, to do is to delight in you and to trust in you and stand firm in you. And so I, I pray, Lord, that you come and fill our hearts again. Just ignite us again, Lord God. Ch- change and transform us again, Lord, as we, as we step into this week, as we step into all that you've called us to. And we give it all to you. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.